Welcome to the Stories of Starting podcast. I'm Heather Boyd. As a self-employed artist for the last 30 years, I'm fascinated with people's passions and creative projects. In this series, we discover how people like you have started new projects by thinking outside the box, going with the flow, and tapping into their childhood imagination. So guys, welcome to Stories of Starting, and today we're here with my friend George. And uh, I'm going to get George to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about what he does. Oh, great. Uh, Yeah, so I am uh, the managing director of Chaos. Um, The best way to explain what I do, I'm a filmmaker um, by trade, um, but I also do a lot of marketing and um, a lot of just like creative and brand building and basically anything that revolves around story, I've definitely touched at this point in my life. Um, Everything from audio to photography to design and yeah, it's uh, been a crazy journey for sure. So. (laughs) It's, whenever someone asks me, what do you do? I'm like, oh, yeah. God, I don't know how to answer this it's, anymore. Yeah, it's there's a loaded question. It is. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. And I've been wanting to have George on the podcast for mm-hmm. a long time because I was on George's podcast mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, two summers uh, ago, I think. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Or a summer ago, I think. Yes, yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But what I was, I'm going to start off by backtracking a little bit, as I always do, to say how we met, uh, we met each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... So I think it goes back to, I went to the Buffer Festival a few years ago, mm-hmm. which is a YouTuber festival in Toronto, and I met a mutual friend, Dave, mm-hmm. who was running a YouTube channel called Liquid Courage yes. at that time, and so mm-hmm. you were helping Dave produce his videos and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So when I met Dave in Toronto, Dave was like, Heather, we got to collab sometime, and I was like, Because that's what Dave always says as well. Because that's what he does, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, Dave. <laughs> You're a bartender. I don't drink. What are we going to do? Anyways. Mocktails. <laughs> obviously, mocktails. Oh. That's it. Which well, I didn't end up doing, but I ended up making him a little thing, a little gadget to go in his drink. I know. I was really jealous about that. That was yeah, beautiful. That was cool, yeah. eh? But mm-hmm. so what happened was Dave was like, oh, come to the studio, you know, watch us film and whatever. So so Mimi and I went went mm-hmm. to the studio. We had the address. We went up. We're like, and we arrived there and it's, okay, this is an apartment. So we went upstairs yes. and... Lo and behold, we walk into George's apartment. Yeah, my old apartment. Uh, Yeah, that was what we used to film Dave's set. Exactly. That's it. Mm -hmm. So you've definitely come a long way since that. I'd like to think so, yeah, because I think at that point we were also using my living room as an office. Not a good call. Oh, yes. Not a good call. I have learned my lesson. It was pretty packed, and you had a bunch of friends there, too. So we kind of, Mimi and I kind of made us our way in there. Mm -hmm. But I was fascinated because I've never really seen a behind the scenes Mm -hmm. setup for, for filming video you know yeah. I used to film on my on my iPod and, mm-hmm. and that was about it which was something else that you helped me with was um, uh, something you were doing at the time you were working with a couple of buddies uh, with a company called Voco Studios you yes. started your own business mm-hmm. So I guess that was sort of almost the starting point of the evolution of your own business. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was that was like the first foray into doing video and kind of storytelling as from a definitely commercial standpoint. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was nuts. Um, again, that like the the do like yeah uh, like in terms of like what happened with Voco Studios is like um, I had this crazy idea where. Um, because while I was at McGill, uh, I got really super involved with the film community there uh, right. through TVM. Okay. So TV Miguel. So and then um, what I loved about it was the fact that um, you just got access to equipment and you could create. And I loved that concept. And I was like, oh, this should just exist in the world. Like there, there shouldn't be film schools. Like because you just go in the network and you don't really get to 
like do real practicum all yeah. the times. Um, or like if you're trying to work your way up the industry, it's like you end up getting coffee for about four years and like mm. it's a really grunt level work and I think it just given the technology where it is and yeah. um, the creativity, it's like you can have people just kind of start. Yeah. Um, so something that, that was kind of what we were trying to do was like figure, kind of create a new service where you could actually get hands-on experience uh, right off the gate, yeah. but we definitely failed. Well, <laughs> you, you succeeded with me because I, yes. had, I remember I had a consultation with mm -hmm. you guys and, and you got me set, it, set up with uh, not only like just using the equipment I yeah. had, uh, teaching me what I needed to mm -hmm. upgrade and then the editing and, and all that stuff. So I definitely benefited and learned a lot. And, and like any venture we do, it's always mm -hmm. a, a stepping stone yeah. to the next, the next spot, right? Of course, 100%. Like yeah. it's something that like even to this day, like while what how we started definitely failed mm. um it's still something where um to be very honest like i'm still working on that and like i know that like i want to come back to that yes. original idea like you know five to ten years from now like where yeah. it's like after building up some more infrastructure because what i think what really ended up happening a lot of times was that we were so fresh and new like we yeah. we knew nothing yeah and it's like no one's gonna take you seriously when you don't have anything to back up right. those things where it's like and that's where it's really been interesting now the last couple of years or like or even today yeah uh, where People ask me like, "Oh, do you, like, hey, have you done this?" And I'm like, "Oh, actually, like, I can like go reach out into yes. a bag and be like, oh yeah, I've kind of done something along this line.' Yeah. Um, where it's become really interesting. Where it's like I kind of forget about all the projects that have kind of come up since then. Yeah, um, and I remember one project you worked on. I was fascinated mm -hmm. with. It was called what was it? Chat with tea or what was that one? Oh, called? Um, yeah, that was Ven over tea. Vent over tea, yeah. and I thought, I mean, the 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 videos that you mm -hmm. made was was wonderful, and mm -hmm. the concept was so cool, and yeah. so I think that's a really interesting part of what you're doing too, is meeting all these interesting entrepreneurs yeah. and, and um, all that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. This is where I think I am very lucky that my career started very much in entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and in startup culture. So I got highly, highly involved with the McGill Entrepreneur uh, Network, right. uh, so the Dobson Center at McGill. And like, uh, because basically uh, that was one thing I think through Voco Studios that was like probably one of the best things was that we actually did some of the program through the Dobson Center. Right. So we got connected. And then since once Voco Studios kind of exploded, I kind of just stayed in touch with the Dobson Center. Right. Um, they became a client at some point where it's like I did their entire videos for about a year and a bit, okay. um, like all their video content. And I love being in that world because I got yeah. to tell stories about the entrepreneurs that were going in there. And it's, you start to like chat and it's like, it's now I have like a couple of years worth of like the people that have gone through those programs where like yeah. I actually know them and I talk to them on a regular basis. And it's like, it becomes very interesting where it's like, when I'm getting super stressed, I can go talk to like my friend, like Will at Nimbus Tutoring right. or Martin right. who had a business and then he failed and now he's like working somewhere else. And it's, you start to have those conversations of like, oh, you're not that crazy when you're starting. And it's like, you're not yeah. that crazy when things are going bad. It's just like, this is part of the pro pro process. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And and certainly where you're set up now at the WeWork is a fantastic. I mean, yeah. I've been to a couple of events mm -hmm. that you had here and just, just the energy of, of working, you know, in a space where mm -hmm. everybody is so passionate about their projects and what they're doing. It's, yeah. uh, it's a great space. No, it was one of those things where it's like, um, there's a reason why I was like, I when I started Nick's Labs, which then became Chaos, yes. um, the first thing I think I did was literally come into WeWork and like get an office. Yeah. Um, because I was like, I need one. I can't work from home. Yeah. I learned that the hard oh, way. Oh yes. Um. I yeah. I like to this day like I don't bring my laptop home. I don't yeah. have internet in my house. Like I really do that, not work at home. That's great. Um. Because yeah. I'm a workaholic and I know yeah, that about yeah, myself. Yeah. That was um, that was on my list of things to talk about. <laughs> oh great! All the neuroses of like who I am just like coming out. And just like that's I'm a, a horrible. No, it's like it's something that I've channeled into good things, yeah. but it's also something where like I'm hyper aware 
there. Like yeah. that can be really bad if I don't manage it properly. That's it. But that's a great mm -hmm. solution. Yeah. And and I agree with you. I mean, there's certain things I have to do at home mm -hmm. because equipment wise. But uh, I love that idea that you don't even have internet at home. I yeah. mean, that's that's pretty amazing. I know. The yeah. only issue now is that like Rogers introduced uh, their infinite data plan. Oh. So I now always technically have access oh, to the internet. Okay. But yes. it's still like it it has removed like me being able to sit down and actually like bring up my, like my laptop and I still right. like it's still trying to like basically be like set aside don't look at it yeah uh, I've thought about like even getting like a safety lock box and just like putting it in, in there and like having it on timer so like I really really can't touch it that's um, it yeah, yeah but at least you have it set up for that that's mm -hmm. uh, that's really awesome yeah. and and I remember when you first came to WeWork you mm -hmm. had a shared office and then yeah. you moved to a bigger space and then now you have two spaces yeah I I, yeah. yeah it kept on kind of ex escalating uh, where I started off in what they call like a um, dedicated area desk where it was like uh, about the space had about 50 60 desks in one right. room and I just yes. had one desk um, and then yeah, I got like a one-person office and a two-person office, and then we kind of jumped to uh, a full like eight-person office. Yeah. Plus another like little storage area that we have for all the equipment. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I think that was something where like at least for my own career, I I, I invested in gear very early on, mm -hmm. um, just because that was something that I thought it was really important to always yeah. be able to practice what we do. Um, again, um, that's the one thing it's been really interesting learning more and more about the industry, mm -hmm. where it's like everyone rents, and I was like that's. Which makes sense for like when like you really want to get the best equipment at all times yeah. for each shoot. But then I was always hesitant about that idea because then a lot of times people don't end up having time to do things personally. Right. Um, right. And that's definitely cut a lot of time because we have yeah. our gear in house and yeah, we just kind of create whenever we need to. It's true, and that's really interesting that you would mention it because mm -hmm. that's another thing on my list. I think we're on the same wavelength. Clearly, or you just know me well uh, enough. Maybe and I like, know you well enough. Yeah, but but it's. I remember being mm -hmm. like so impressed that you would invest yeah. in these high-end uh, pieces of equipment. But like you said, it's it's yeah. it's a necessity in a certain way, and if you think of it in an esoteric sense, mm -hmm. you think of it in a sense of sort of this whole law of attraction thing. When mm -hmm. you're equipped, then yeah the work comes to you you know exactly it's, it's oh man yeah i yeah. remember it was really funny because i've definitely at times like really bitten the bullet on mm -hmm. like getting equipment too early or yeah. too soon uh i remember I, I like i was about to like get a contract signed and like literally like everything was good everyone was yeah. like this is great and so i me to be able to do the contract i was like okay i need to go buy a new camera that's like a cinema camera right and then i do and then the contract falls flat and i was like oh. holy shit! Yeah. how am i going to survive i've just put in like eight grand down on a camera yeah. And then I, I somehow haven't like I just somehow managed to scrape by. Yeah. And then that camera has been like our like workhorse for the last two Amazing. years. Like yeah, and it's yeah. one of those things where I'm like that was like the dumbest thing yeah. to have done with our money. Yeah. But at the same time, it was looking back, it was like the best idea yeah. that I had. It was, and it's always been like that where it's terrifying. But I'm yeah. like, sometimes I j I've just jumped and it just kind of blind hope that yeah. we land somewhere and yeah. it's kind of worked. I don't. Well, it makes yeah. a huge difference. I mean, even the consultation that I did with you guys mm. at the time, it seemed like a bit of a chunk of cash, yeah. but it was so worth it because mm. you learn all these things that, that make our night and day for, yeah. for the work that you do. That's the thing. It's like, it's, I, I think sometimes people forget that it does take a long time to get really good. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not doing it on a daily basis, like you just don't get the same kind of reflexes. Exactly. Um, like, yeah. um, again, uh, you know this, but the audience doesn't, but I yeah. used to daily vlog. And the reason why I daily vlog for about 140 days straight yes. was because I I was actually getting so fed up with the content that I was not getting it. Because yes. I didn't like the quality and it wasn't enough. So I was yeah. like, okay, I need to, one, teach myself how to edit really quickly. Right. Um, and two, it's just like, I need to get good at the camera like, yeah. to actually know what I'm doing and operate it. 
And I want to say that was probably the smartest thing I've done. Yeah. In my, like, or, no, I have so many. I have a solid mouth thing. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, but that was like one of those better moves where um, like I, I remember how I taught myself to edit was I, I sat down and I think I went through all of um, lynda.com oh, right. for yes. about a month and a half. Like that right. was all I did. Amazing. Um, and I went through all of the Adobe Suite. I learned all of the, like, all the editing programs from uh, Premiere, Final Cut, um, Audition, yeah. After Effects, uh, Photoshop, like everything that was like Adobe yes. and also like around it. Um, and then, yeah, which was, was like a good kind of yeah, crash a, course. It's incredible what you can learn online. Yeah, and, and then it just, but what then helped shape that was actually getting the practice. Well, on that's a regular it, basis. exactly. And wow. I remember clearly your daily blogs mm -hmm. and how sad I was when you stopped doing them. And, and then you I kind know. of went in back into it for a bit. And I, and I just, and they weren't long. No, they were just they was short, short clips, and, yeah. and, but always interesting ideas. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. It's one of those things where like, I always find that balance because like for me, I, I do like to do things highly polished and professional. Yeah. And that's where it was always the struggle for me where the daily vlogs, it, they were always an afterthought to be to be honest like I, yeah. I did it and like I knew it was practice but it never felt like it was living up to the potential that I wanted it to be yeah and it's one of those things where I know that eventually I'll get back to it um, but probably in a different way yeah um, well that's it yeah. and there's certainly something to be said about doing something on a regular basis I certainly know with my channel mm -hmm. I'm, I've set a schedule for myself so I do like one live stream a yeah. week and one regular video and it's a no-brainer now I don't even don't have to I think. don't even question yeah it. just it's routine just, you just do it and and, mm -hmm. it, and it works well yeah yeah, yeah I'm saying, that's that's been really awesome to see where like you've just you just kept the, like, kept the consistency yeah. throughout the years. Like, that's I've always been like so admiring of that fact on okay. your front because yeah. it's like I feel like I've jumped through so many different iterations and like mm. at the same like while like the meta and the macro are all the same, like yeah. the micro on the day to day has been nothing but routine. Like yes. or nothing but not routine. Yes, exactly, um, but, yeah. exactly. But mm. it certainly uh, you know works for you right now, and you're yeah. you're delving into so many really interesting projects that and uh, the, the, your most recent one sounds really cool the, the film so tell yes. us a little bit about that oh uh, yeah um so one of the things we do so actually in reality what what has happened um is we now we so we started chaos as a space um and an infrastructure company but when it, what ended up happening is that we split uh chaos into two okay where there's chaos which is kind of commercial and then infrastructure based right um so a lot of time like really it's positioned as a creative agency where we're working with clients and we're building their brands and their content strategy um also just like actually doing their content with cool. them yeah. um and the other one is chaos labs which yes. is our creative original arm nice. um there we have a couple of shorts and uh, like we're working on documentary as well but the most recent project has been a feature film. Yeah. Um, and that was something that a really good friend of mine, um, who also now works with me, uh, Guy Etlin, mm -hmm. um, he's a director-writer. Uh, I've known him now for years. I knew him through McGill. Um, right. And like, we, we got a chance to be on student like, council together, and then we just kind of stayed in touch. And then he was always highly involved in theater. Okay, cool. Uh, so he was a director. Like he, yeah, he was a director in the theater kind of sphere at McGill a lot. And then he kind of came to me with a short um, back now a year and a half. Okay. Um, and we did that and we were really happy. And then um, I ended up convincing him to like basically more, like he had quit his job, but then I convinced him like, hey, come work at uh, Chaos because yeah. like clearly this is what you want to be doing. Like you don't mm -hmm. want to be working in a startup. You don't want to be in your, using your economic degree. You just want to be storytelling. Yeah. Um, and then he presents to me this like ridiculous concept for a film. <laughs> um, which is like very much in the swingers, wedding crashers kind of vibe, right. where um, basically the idea is two British uh, guys who think that they're life gurus um, want to 
like they, they think they've unlocked the secret to the perfect day and they right. want to get a film made about that and they realize that the place to do that is in Hollywood. So they're like, well, to get to stay in Hollywood and to stay in the States, we need to get green cards. So we have to clearly find two women in the States to marry us. And they yeah. go on this ridiculous road trip. Uh, they actually end up running into two women who are working on a documentary and they kind of like each, like, bo like both parties are kind of using each other for right. um, their own benefit. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know how we did it. We ended up like raising just through private investors, so friends and families, uh, about 100K for production. Amazing. And wow. yeah, and we put that all on screen and like um, most of the crew, like we had a core crew of eight people. Okay. Um, and like, so we did two, like three days in London, about a week in Montreal, like we filmed at the Montreal Casino, we filmed oh, cool. uh, at a bar, um, uh, bootleggers. It was, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like nice. these, uh, yeah, we had like these bigger sets in Montreal because we have the infrastructure. So we, That's it. for those days we, we were like, uh, with cast and crew, we were up to like 60 people with like oh, extras wow. and all. Yeah, it was nuts. And oh, then wow. we went out west and we were there for about two weeks where we were at a week in Kelowna, mm -hmm. which we used as California stand-in. Right. And then we drove yes. a 32 Ford RV down the west coast of um, like basically oh. all the way through Yosemite to LA and then to Vegas and back up, um, which is nuts and it's crazy. I don't know. Again, I don't know how we survived. We should not. We should not have the film that we do. Like we That's should have incredible. died. Legitimately, um, yeah. there was like we like I was sleeping on average three hours a night. I can imagine um, yeah. out west just because like basically we just didn't have the infrastructure set up to be able to handle everything. And well, yeah. I was like I like, I actually it was interesting because like at the beginning I wasn't set to be. Like as involved as I was, like I was like, oh, I'm an executive producer. Like I'm just like I'm here to support. I have the infrastructure, like legal, financial, all that stuff. Right. But this is really much like a project that I don't have time for because I we have everything else going on oh, in yeah, chaos, exactly. um, which is chaotic in its own way. Uh, I'm very <laughs> proud of that Aptly naming. Named, yes. yes, I chose very well. Um, but um, what was I going with that thought? Um, but yeah, just like. It just became very clear throughout the process where I was like, no, I have to be really involved. Yeah. Um, and yeah, especially at West, like, um, because like I was producing, so basically the crew would be working and they'd, they'd have 16, like uh, about 14 to 16 hour days. Yeah, yeah. But then when they were done, that's kind of when my job kicked in right. on top of that. So right. like I would have to like make sure that they, like I would be driving them back and forth from like like set to, uh, right. to home. And yeah, and then I just, like I would be offloading the footage at night. Yeah. So I'd get a couple hours of sleep and then just wow. like start it all over again. Um, and yeah, it was just like some crazy stuff. It's like, incredible and to have fitted in in such a short yeah. period of time. I mean, it, that's a lot of location shots. And, yeah, it was, uh, I, yeah. I really don't know how we actually managed to squeeze all of the scenes that we had planned to yeah. shoot into that amount of time. Like we did not miss a scene that yeah. was important. So it was really interesting. Um, and again, I look at the footage and I'm like, how? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah because like most of the time, like that kind of budget range would be like, you'd have one city that you're yeah. in and like you'd, you'd spend it you know over like that the same amount of time and we, we were just crazy ambitious where we we ended up getting a lot of people a lot of the crew especially um like it was the first time being in like that role in a feature right um yeah. same with the cast where it was like for all the cast it was the first time feature as a lead okay um so we were able to negotiate with like some people were deferred and yeah. it was like it was very much everyone kind of chipped in and kind of stepped up when they had to which that's was incredible it. we we definitely got lucky with hiring for sure yeah that's amazing well i can't wait mm -hmm. to see the film i know it's gonna and, be a while you know but, how different from the films you were starting off doing more promotional things and now yeah. you're right into a feature film so yeah in a very short period of time i think that's pretty pretty 
incredible. Well, that was always I did always set up to or like set out to be both commercial and orig like yes. original content. Like that yeah. was like before we switched the name to Chaos, just almost more from a branding standpoint. Yeah. Too, uh, it, we did call it Nick's Labs. Well, I I named it Nick's Labs yeah. because um, Nyx was the Greek goddess of night, and right. I love that. Like she gave birth to ether, which is light, and I love that duality about yeah. it. And I always, I always thought that, like in my mind, there's no difference actually between commercial and original content. Yeah. It's just good storytelling. It's good storytelling. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but obviously, other people see it differently. So yeah. like I wanted to capture that essence of duality, and even with the name to chaos, um, like chaos is the original like Greek primordial abyss okay, yes. um, in the pantheon and what I loved about that was like for me when we like when we started creating a space as well um, the point of that was actually to come back more to that original vocal studios idea where it's like right. I can see I can see the potential of eventually getting back to education yeah um, where it's like when we have enough spaces open it's like if you have spaces in you know the 10 15 20 biggest cities in the world yeah really easy to turn on education because at that point you have enough staff and um, support to actually su like support people to yeah. create content which yeah. is awesome I think that's a, an amazing mm -hmm. idea and it's yeah. like being a mentor you know already at mm -hmm. a young age you have all this knowledge and experience and to be able to mentor <sighs> yeah. other people I, th I don't know it's weird I don't it's think I have cool. that much knowledge but it's just well I um, think I think yeah. you just put yourself into it uh, full force you know and you certainly mm -hmm. have always had a passion for for filmmaking and yeah. movies and I uh, something that I always remember mm -hmm. that you said is whenever you go home and stay with your parents that yeah. you and your dad watch a lot yeah. of I think that that's do. that's super cool. So tell me a little yeah. bit about about that. Well, it's because it's interesting because like when you said like I was always in filmmaking, which for me it was weird because I I don't I wasn't one of those people like when they were like seven, ten, fifteen, like would do be doing home films. I yeah. never did that. Interesting. Um, the only time I think I really did like I messed around a little bit with like iMovie okay. just to cut um, like more like presentations and all that stuff just to polish it up. Right. Um, and I remember doing a really big project in grade twelve, which was. Um, okay. Uh, it was a combination for two different classes in my high school, which was like uh, music and writer's, writer's craft. Okay. Um, so I basically wrote a short story and then made like turned that into a film, and then I used that film to score, oh, um, cool. which was really awesome. And I yeah, love that. Yeah. Um, but I just I just never assumed that I'd be in this world. I thought yeah. I'd be a science or philosophy kind of yeah. person because that was that's kind of what I got set up to be. I was like okay. always super logical. People right. like you're smart, right. and then that was just the trajectory. So I never yeah. thought about creating. But then I remember going to university and I really hated my first year. Like yeah, it was, I had the worst that. experience. Yeah. And it was really, I, I, there's just a lot of different factors, but I was insanely depressed. And then yeah. um, I was watching way more Netflix. And yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I binged everything from uh, a, lot, a lot of Josh Whedon, from like Buffy, Angel, yeah. uh, Dollhouse. And then I, like, I remember watching all of um, Breaking Bad, all right. of Lost, all of um, yeah. Friends, all of How I Met Mother. It was just like, it just kept on going. <laughs> then. Uh, I was like, why? Like, I kind of had that moment of uh, like clarity where I was like, I've always really loved storytelling. Where it's yeah. like, I read a lot as a kid. Yeah. Me and my dad watch movies all the time. Yeah, like yeah. that's what we do. That's it. Um, and I was like, why don't why don't I make this my life that's project? Right. Yeah. Um, especially because originally I thought I was gonna be a philosophy professor. Like yeah. I thought I wanted to help people learn and like share complicated ideas. Mm -hmm. So like. The best way to do that is actually by making content that's engaging because exactly. I didn't like to be pretentious yeah. or like really inaccessible. I thought that was bad communication. Yeah. Um, I remember as a kid, um, I think I was like maybe eight, and we have a really close family friend who's an economics mm -hmm. uh, pr like professor and also just like works in the government and economics. And he's like, 
hyper hyper logical yeah and he was trying to teach me something about math or something and then i wasn't getting it and then he got frustrated at me i'm like don't get frustrated at me like yeah. get frustrated at you because you're not explaining it properly exactly that's um, it. and that's always been my thought where it's like you like the best kind of teacher is the person that can explain it the most simply yes um and it's something like i know i'm not the best yeah. at all times but i think um that's something i strive for is like hey how do you explain to something to someone where they can understand? Because that's really good teaching. Well, exactly, um, in a in an engaging way, and mm -hmm. certain. Well, certainly, you help me with my my videos, and, and uh, even you didn't like, need that much help. And, but and then even just like, even the little things, like I remember I had another consultation with mm -hmm. you, and you helped me about like little bitly links and yeah. things like that. But little things that mm -hmm. that you know, and then you know that will help people. You know, yeah. when they, it's giving people the right information at the right mm -hmm. time, really. Yeah, and it's also like it's, I I do always find it interesting where. Um, it's. I find it way more useful to just be open yeah. and just give people every like all your yeah. bits of knowledge, um, especially because like most of the time, um, people will, will really appreciate getting the knowledge, yeah. and then you know a lot of people just won't execute on it, and yeah. then they're, they're like, oh, that's why you're valuable because you actually execute on the things you know about. I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of funny sometimes on that front. But. Exactly, and I remember <laughs> you had some movie nights here. That was fun. I, I love all your all your projects that you do and even even yeah. if they don't you know you don't pursue them it's still the idea and yeah uh, with with trying that, different things exactly it's yeah. like i know we're gonna fail all the time like i'm i i know i'm gonna get my ass kicked for the next like 7 15 20 <laughs> years and i like i for me like i've kind of set it up where i know that i am content when um as long as i'm being challenged every day and i'm surrounded by people that i care about yeah um those are the only two things like that's actually how i set my career out yeah. um most people would be like oh like i need to achieve like you know like a six-figure salary that's i right. need to have you know this kind of corner office yeah. and it's like no i don't care about any of that like yeah. i just as long as i'm being like especially just challenged on a regular basis yeah. i'm like content yeah because um, i don't do well with sitting still um, no, or getting bored. I get bored. I can get bored really easily. So yeah. um, as much as failure sucks, it's like at least it's exciting and like something new happens out of it and you learn a, a way more. Well, that's it. Um, and I mean, it's it's getting to be sort of common knowledge that failure is not even really a thing anymore. Yeah. It's, it's really just a learning process. It is, but at the same time, really, I, I am very wary when people kind of glorify failure at the same mm -hmm. time because failure isn't the objective no um it's part of the process yeah, which is definitely. perfectly fine to it's perfectly fine to get kicked in the teeth yeah but it shouldn't be like the thing you set out to do it's like no that would like yeah you don't have to yeah. yeah it's like the ideal is you don't yeah but it's one of those things where like you know that if you're challenging yourself and like really pushing your own boundaries like it's just inevitable that like probability wise you will eventually fail because yeah. if you're not that means you're probably not actually pushing your things. yeah your boundaries yeah. enough you're probably playing a little too safe so it's it's a really fine balance because there is I, like i do have some issues sometimes where it's like um especially with like entrepreneurship every mm -hmm. like it's uh and failure it's all getting glorified yeah because that's how like we see like the top successful people that's what they did mm -hmm. but it mm -hmm. doesn't map out to everyone all the time so yeah. it's, it's, i'm always very wary on both fronts like yeah well, um, there's a difference between failure yeah. and like a sob like milking a sob story kind yeah. of thing because certainly a lot of times that you see these people that have had these huge struggles and then you say mm -hmm. well was i supposed to struggle that much I, yeah i don't know but i think i think it's as in anything it's a uh it's sort of a, a, a scale like it's not right or wrong mm -hmm. and i mean there's a certain degrees of failure maybe or yeah or what have you. i know it's for me it's always where 
Um, like when someone's like, oh, I want to start something, I usually tell them don't. Yeah, like I, that's usually my best advice for someone is like, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and starting a business, is like just don't. Like yeah. there are so many great businesses out there. There are so many people that are doing something passionate. Find those people and like join them because okay. like it's way easier. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say don't is because like the, like the true 1% of people that should start their own business, mm -hmm. they will never listen to me. Mm. And that's the people that should go out because yeah. like they're the people that like they would be itching if they don't. Okay, um, yeah. Because it's one of those things, it's such a struggle and it's like you really need to enjoy that struggle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not to glorify that struggle and, yeah. not, and it's not something where like I think too many people like say yes like that i want to yeah. enjoy the struggle and i want to succeed it's like yeah. mm, it's like yeah you it's like it's a very particular kind of desire yeah and it's like it's one of those things where it's like you it's not that you enjoy the struggle it's that you like you can't like you can't move forward without mm -hmm. pursuing that so much that like you kind of just are okay with the struggle being mm -hmm. in the part of that experience mm -hmm. but like it's not why you do it yeah um, well to me yeah. it's 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 when it doesn't even feel like a struggle like even when i was mm -hmm. selling jewelry on the street making three dollars a day it yeah. didn't feel like a struggle to me because mm -hmm. it i couldn't see myself doing anything else and i think that's the thing is when you really can't see yourself doing anything else yeah. you're in the right place exactly yeah. where it's like i this is where it's because it's interesting because like there's like i always have those debates where it's like I know like logically I should be super stressed and mm -hmm. like I am at times like like I like, again I work in ridiculous hours and mm -hmm. um, you know I have way too much on my head and like you know I now I'm like okay like if I fail like I'm not just putting myself down like I'm failing a lot of other people mm -hmm. as well but it's like again it like I look at it where it's like the macro is like just incredible yeah um, and that's kind of the interesting balance where it's like the micro I'm super stressed yeah. and it's like you get bogged in the day-to-day -day -day stuff right. like like the inbox of emails and like having to get back yeah. to people and like being responsible and all those things yeah. but when you like take that like one little step back it's like where's everything going yeah is this is this what I enjoy actually doing and yeah. it's like I answer yes and I'm like okay cool like just well, keep on it. going it's mm -hmm. like um, I definitely do know that I want to grow something big because yeah. I, I look at it where it's like I know part of me is like I do I do want like at the end of the day for like to leave a legacy where it's like I've impacted a lot of people yeah. and it's I know to do that I just need a lot of resources I need a lot of people um, I find it always really funny when people are like oh I don't know where like I can't meet anyone ever and it's like yeah. um, whereas like I've had the complete opposite experience where like I think I'm I'm fairly introverted at times yeah but it's like I, I I feel like I've just put myself in enough situations where like I'm constantly meeting new people yeah. and, um, it's crazy like there's yeah. so many interesting people when you just kind of take a first step to kind of say hi Absolutely. and just be human as well yeah. um, I remember a time when I went to uh, like an alumni event in New York okay. um, and it's really funny because I'm not an alumni I've mm -hmm. dropped out uh, <laughs> now twice officially um, which is great yeah. but um, I, I went down and this is like McGill alumni event okay. and this is in New York so most of the, those alum are like lawyers right. and accountants right. and finance types like it just people who have pretty stiff jobs. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like talking with some people and then like I, I just saw the conversation kind of going nowhere because yeah. like the usual like what do you yeah. do? What did you study? All that stuff. And I was like, okay, uh, what is everyone's biggest fear? Yeah. And we just kind of had like a small conversation and I remember someone was like uh, heights. So I was like, oh, like um, for me it's like uh, isolation. And it's yeah. like it was all these interesting questions. And then I remember specifically that while uh, one of the women she uh, like when the event was wrapping up and she was about to leave, she came back and she was like, thank you for having a real conversation. I was like, yeah. holy fuck, yeah. like, this is bad if that's the bar for yeah. a good conversation. Yeah. Like I just asked a simple, simple question. question. Yes. Um, 
but people but, were able to actually express themselves. Yeah, and so I, I definitely, I don't know, I've put myself into like just having a lot of conversations and yeah. it's led to a lot of interesting places for sure. Yeah, no, I just love it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's you know, how we met as well. Right? That's how we met, yeah. you know, and you just, you just put yourself in a place where you don't see that person as being sort of another professional person, but you just get yeah. to know them. And, and, and in doing collaborations, mm -hmm. I think that's where we really get to know each other a lot, you know, yeah. sharing our, our skills. It is a new uh, collaboration. I think like sometimes we take for granted where it's just like not having the like, professional or like public facing side where it's like yeah. you're a little bit more human where it's like, hey, I'm like, you have the struggles or whatever and yes. it's just like you don't need it doesn't need to be like a tit for tat yeah, collaboration exactly. exchange of like here like here's yeah. my value here's the value i get that's from right. you I don't, it doesn't it just needs to be like hey you're human i'm human that's like right we both have our problems let's kind of talk about it let's yeah. deal with it um it's been really great i i have a really one of my favorite cafes is uh, humble lion right on McGill college oh yeah and yeah. i go there like religiously i okay. go there at least once if not two to three four times a day now nice um because like for me like that's uh, coffee is very much something I, I don't get like a caffeine hit yeah. weirdly enough I'll probably not weirdly enough I'm hyper and I don't <laughs> sleep enough as it is so I don't need extra caffeine but I go there because I really like just like having like five or ten minutes of where I step away from work yeah and I just can kind of like have my own little bubble that's it um, and I love going there because like I, I know the baristas very well yeah. so like I literally will go and like I'll now at this point I'll stand at the counter yeah. where they serve their drinks and I'll just sit there drinking my espresso and talking with them for five minutes Amazing. Um, I remember one like um, like I, I wanted like a day ago or not a couple of days ago um, I went um, and I only had 15 minutes and I literally was talking with them at the cash register so long yeah. that I ran my 15 minutes out and I couldn't order a coffee like that's the kind okay, of thing yes. which I love doing because like yeah. I, I think we 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 take for granted so much time, like so much of the time that there's so much of a life yeah. that, and like we get sucked into like these really short, fake kind of goalposts oh, yeah. and time frames where it's yeah. like, they're just life. Well, I love those random conversations with strangers. Yeah. Oh, they, they, that's why I love going out to coffee so. shops or taking public transit. You know, I've mm -hmm. gotten in conversations a lot of times with people on public transit, and and I just uh, I enjoy it, and I don't even mind. Like we live in the West Island, it's far. I don't mind the I don't mind the ride. I like people watching and yeah. and just just soaking it all in. Yeah, because it's like yeah. that's that's all we can kind of do, and yeah. it's so it's so nice to do that. Where it's like you kind of remember your own humanity at the same time. Where it's like. Uh, I, I feel like everyone gets so wrapped up into like what's the goal like yeah. that I have to be hitting in like a month and two and like a year and yeah. Um, yeah. We kind of just forget that we get to just live. Yeah, no, um, it's true. I was just yeah. listening to a TED talk uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. I was telling Mimi about it on the bus. Was um, I forget her name? Jill Bolton. She's a neuroscientist. Okay. She did this TED talk about she had actually had a stroke. She wrote a book oh, wow. called yeah. A Stroke of Insight or mm -hmm. something. And she she had had a stroke when she was like in her forties or something. And being a neuroscientist, she knew exactly what was happening. And she sort of like you know, gradually after a few years was able to get back on board and, and mm -hmm. you know, kind of redevelop her, her practice and everything. But something she was talking about in the TED talk was about our two sides of the brain, how we have the left side uh, that's more analytical and the right side that's more creative. Mm -hmm. And something that I didn't even think about if I knew, you know, I don't know if I knew it already, but that the it's the right side that lives in the moment, in the now, hmm. and experiences things and doesn't, you know, 
ultimately, in my eye, is happier because you're living in the moment, whereas it's the left side of the brain that's more analytical that goes into the past and goes into the future. And, and how in schools, you know, they're focusing on the, on the left side of the brain. Mm. And, and so, you know, maybe that's why we have more anxiety. I don't know, people aren't living more in the present, but I, I thought it was an interesting concept. Well, it's, it's, it's weird because I think it's, it's a weird combination where we're not living in the present, but we're also living in the present too much. Yeah, okay. In a certain extent where it's like, you can't see past the next like week. Yes. Where it's like, I, I, there's so many different it's like issues I have. Like mm -hmm. uh, one of the things in terms of school, um, there's a really good talk by Alan Watts okay. um, where he's kind of explaining this idea where like we treat life as a race. Yeah. Like, um, just like there's always these goal, like arbitrary goalposts that we set ourselves. Like even like when you're at school, like you first have to finish grade one, then you finish grade two, then yeah. you finish grade three, four, five, and like just like that is like entrenched in our lives, where it's like it's always about getting there as quick as possible. Yes. And even as kids, like you can't wait to grow up, you can't wait to mm. like get a car, you can't wait to like be able to drink, you can't like all these can't waits. Yes. Um, and it, which is kind of the wrong way to look at it, where it's like um, he ex he really has this beautiful analogy, where it's like life is much more like a symphony, where you don't go to a symphony to literally listen to the last note. Right. You go to actually listen to the entire piece. Exactly. Like you yeah. want to enjoy every single second. Like you yeah. want to, you kind of want to enjoy the interplay between like these like two different parts and like right. you, you get the melody back and it, like it comes back in waves and or it comes in permutations, but like it's comforting. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think that's something where it's like we, we focus so much on the short term because we can't, we can't look at like no one knows what like living a full life is. Yeah. Like you can't think about it in those like sixty-year terms. So yeah. we get hyper-focused in, especially in Western society, in like quarters where it's like three months, three months, three yeah. months, three months, or like even nine nine months because that's a school year. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And we then kind of forget that we're allowed to just be human and allow things to take time. Yes. Um, yeah. And I struggle with that a lot of times, but uh, like that's what I I constantly remind myself where it's like. Things can take time, yeah. Um, yeah. which is funny because I, I recognize that at the same time, like a lot of things have happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I understand I am a contradictory person to even be able to say that, but it's just takes time. But it's I don't know. It's like it because. But at the same time, I, I know that th my experience has been like it always feels like everything's like happening so short and everything's like yeah. tumultuous. And yet I like it's interesting to hear from what other people are like, how they perceive it. And it's like, no, no, it just seems like it's a pretty linear yeah. path. It's like, what do you mean? It's like everything like kept on going wishy-washy. Well, yeah, and it's interesting, and interesting the concept of time. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, um, the, the concept of living a full life. And that reminds me of something that's completely off topic, but it's a, it's a guy who works with people in palliative care. Mm. Forget his name yeah. offhand, I'll, I'll remember it. But he, he did a lot of work with palliative care with children. Mm -hmm. And he helps you know parents deal with the grief of, of losing their child and whatever. And uh, there was this one point where he uh, went in to see this little girl. Um, she was like quite young and her parents were so, so, um, traumatized that this girl wasn't going to live a full life you know this was their yeah. fear this was their sadness and so what he did was he actually went in to speak to the girl mm. the little girl and he said to her honestly he said you know your parents are really worried that you know you don't feel like you've lived a full life you know how do you feel about your life you know what and and then she starts telling him well, I went to Disney World, you know, mm. this was beautiful. And she she talks about three amazing things that happened in her life. So mm -hmm. this child felt that she had a full life, yeah. right? So he went back to the parents and he was able to tell them this. And, you know, nothing cures the grief of losing a child, but it was yeah. a way of him to 
put things into perspective because mm -hmm. you know time is a rel such a relative thing. You know, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to look at time in another in another light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that that becomes really interesting. Where it's um, that's a great story. Where it's like you can it doesn't you can live a very purposeful and meaningful yeah. life in any time frame. Yeah. Um, Yes, and then, exactly. it be, and then it becomes really struggle. Like I, I really struggle when people said it, where it's like you have to achieve something yeah. to bring meaning. Because yeah. I don't know about your experiences, but like I know, like whenever, whenever I actually achieve what I set out to do, yeah. that's like the worst feeling. Oh, okay. Because like you, you, you get that like one hit of dopamine yeah. where it's like I've done it, yeah. and then you're like, now what do I do? Yeah, it's and true. It, right? it, it, like you then have anxiety because like. A lot of times you don't think about what comes next. Yeah. You just think of the goal. Yeah, that's um, true. It's so funny yeah. because another thing I wrote on my notes is, I don't know anything about your high school experience, but mm. George, you seem to be someone, uh, seem to be someone, I know you were in sports. Yeah. Did oh, you, did a, bit, you, yeah. a little bit. Did you have a lot of like trophies and ribbons in your room? Not did that you? many, to it's be honest. It's funny. I don't know why I had this idea in my yeah. head that, that you might have been very competitive in high school. Maybe I am very competitive by nature. Maybe um, put you in a lot of activities and you had a lot of awards and yeah tell so, me a bit about um, with that um i definitely like i competed a lot like i okay. was um like I, I did have trophies but i didn't compete, i did i wasn't the person that i kept them in my room like okay. they, they were like kind of in the house around okay. Okay. um like i was a very competitive rower for okay. a number of years i did cross country yeah um but i was also like i was in music a lot like i was a huge okay. music kid nice. um yeah i don't know i i with my high school experience it's it's more like I was very much someone that like I kind of fit into a lot of different subgroups. Interesting. Um, so I never felt like I had a full home anywhere, okay. but like I kind of like dabbled in a lot of different. You fit in. in yeah, like places. I was a hyper nerd. Like okay. I was super smart. Yeah. Um, where like, and by that I mean like I was just like very good at math and science. Yeah. So, like that was like classic. Like oh, you're smart, and it's yeah. like it's, it's really bad. Like I now look at it, where like that's one really unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and two, like that's untrue. Like there's so many people that are smart in very different ways. Yeah. That's um, it. And like even that, I remember like in elementary school um, my art teacher really disliked my style of art okay. so I thought I was really bad at art for like yeah. the longest time like, yeah. I think again that's part of why I probably didn't ever consider uh, I would end up in a creative field right like it just didn't dawn on me that I could do that because right. I remember for example one project that I had when I was I think grade three mm -hmm. uh, we had to do a paper mache okay. uh, animal or creature yeah. uh, and I ended up deciding I wanted to do a three-headed cat with wings cool yeah I was like uh, it was basically um, I took the inspiration because I uh, was basically taking some stuff from Harry Potter. So I was taking right. uh, Fluffy, so Cerberus, the three-headed dog, cool. um, with hippogriff with wings. Yeah. And then I wanted a cat because I had the Siamese cat. Okay. And because it was Siamese cat, that was my one of my inspirations because yeah. we had him and his name's Harry, of course. Oh, oh cool. Um, again, a lot of Harry <laughs> Potter influence. Um, but I wanted to make the entire thing black and white. Yeah. And my teacher was like, no, you have to have color. Like Aww. all this stuff. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then like the compromise that was that I had to paint the wings uh like like blue and red and i'm like oh, no. you destroyed my intention of yeah i, I was know. like yeah and but that very much stuck in my own oh, psyche for such a long okay, time where yeah. i was like i'm not good at art wow um but you were way ahead of your time <laughs> but it doesn't matter but it yeah. just like it becomes interesting where like the, those kinds of experiences very young then that's kind right. of lead you because i like i was just told constantly like math just came easily yeah. it was just natural or just that's how my brain was very logical that's right um and because i got that support i became yeah. really good at it, it yeah Weird, weird yeah, how that yeah. happens. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, so but yeah, still in high school, I just never found like my ideal home, and like okay. I like I grew up in London, Ontario, so it's right. it's a giant suburb city. It's mm -hmm. now I think about four hundred thousand people in the city. Right. When I was growing up, about three hundred thousand. Right. Um, 
but like so not small town not big town it yeah. just was but it never felt like home yeah um necessarily and so like i always knew i was gonna move like i always i always saw the states as like kind of the getaway like i definitely had that idea of like kind of the immigrant dream like my parents right. were immigrants right That's um it. so yeah there was a lot of there's a lot of proving and yeah there's a lot of guilt as well for sure mm. where it's like again my parents went through a lot like they went yeah. they fled during the civil war and uh for in Yugoslavia okay um and so it's like for me it's like I look at where it's like and my mom used to be a doctor and then when she mm. moved to Canada it was too hard to recertify so she was a stay-at-home mom and yeah. she took care of me and yeah. um so with that like my dad became very successful like he yeah. had a very well-paying career um uh, being a crop scientist like okay. he had got his PhD and like so two hyper-intelligent parents yes. um and then when I'm like and they invested heavily in education yeah, yeah so for me it was always it always felt like if I don't do better than they did mm what the fuck did I do? Because okay, like yes. I have every, like, gave me every opportunity That's that right. they didn't have. That's right. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, again, it was, became really interesting where it's like when, once I stopped disliking my academic careers and pursuits, yeah. I was like, well, what's left now? And that's definitely when it shifted into like, okay, well, I really want to enjoy my life and like mm -hmm. I love storytelling and that's mm -hmm. kind of where that came from. Mm -hmm. um, I'm answering five different questions well, as per I usual. Mean, your dad must be fascinated with his, you guys share this love of, of film yeah. and, and here you are creating films. I think it's... Uh, it becomes cool. interesting, yeah. I like I know for me, like one like one goal for myself was kind of soft is like I really do look forward to the day where like I've produced something or been a part of something creatively where uh, my me and my dad like watch it in the same way that we yeah. watch like some of our favorites like yeah. you know like back to the future That's or right. uh, indiana jones yeah. or star wars like it's some of those like i can't wait to be making things of that scale where yeah. it's like i i can see the same impact that we like i had with my dad watching like classics um That's it. but yeah um but yeah, let's, well, let's. I can't wait to see your feature film. That definitely, Mimi and I will be there. We've done mm -hmm. road trips further to I to know. see films, so I'm sure mm -hmm. it'll be closer to home. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. then, is there anything else you'd like to share? No, uh, man. I thoughts? just I have just talked my head off for the last like. <laughs> You're gonna 30, make my editing minutes. job a little bit difficult, but it's all I good. I do we'll that to everyone. <laughs> Okay. I just talk really fast. Like, I get really excited. That's the thing. It's, I, I know. It's, it's yeah. always been interesting because uh, like I had a speech impediment when I was a kid. Okay. Um, and it was very much, I think, because I I try to keep up with where my thoughts are. And my yeah. thoughts just move really fast. Yeah. Um, which I have learned to lean in and embrace. But like okay. a lot of times like people are like, you need to slow down. Like, yeah. you, like It's all crazy. And it's, yeah, it's interesting. I where. could slow down the speed, though, couldn't You I? could, but then my pitch would drop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But then I would have like a really like uh, like sexy radio voice where oh, I just there you go. Yeah. Let's try it. I know. Okay. <laughs> so George, uh, let us know where we can find you online and uh, what kind of services that you're offering at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so for my own personal stuff, you can find me at George Poppy, um, basically in every platform. Uh, P O P I. It's the last name uh, for kind of chaos stuff. Uh, you can find us. Uh, it's create chaos and chaos is with a K. So that's okay. pretty much our social handle. I think on most fronts Instagram LinkedIn Facebook Right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of about it. That's so cool. And mm -hmm. are your daily vlogs still on your YouTube channel? Yeah, they still are uh, I had I it was interesting with the daily vlogs uh, I took them off because like that was from a very tumultuous time mm. um, again I got kicked out of Oco Studios. So <laughs> that was not fun um, but um, for yeah, I ended up like I think three months after, or like six months after, I was like, you know what, this is still a part of the experience of growing. Yeah. So like yeah, those daily vlogs, cool. though I think they're horrendous, <laughs> they're still up there uh, for prosperity's purposes. And you had another podcast with Nick doing uh, two guys. Two edit? guys edit. Yeah, we had yeah we have two that guys was, edit. That um, was interesting. Yeah, yeah we, that was kind of our own little kind of weird experimental lab where okay. we kind of did things. Uh, the last one we did. 
uh, which I think we released, was like the ending is worth watching um, okay, cool. because it's just we did some weird, weird sh stuff. Okay, um, I think I saw most of them, but maybe yeah. I missed that one. But I was yeah, we also yeah. like uh, on YouTube, George Poppy, like that also hits um, all the content that was personal, where I was okay. like dropping in, right. uh, digging in. Yeah, the uh, digging in yeah. podcast, of course, because uh, I, yeah. I, I was on one and Mimi was on one, exactly. and many of the people in our in yeah. our community were in our network. Uh, okay, um, I'm gonna link those up for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, as well as uh, I did start. Um, that Startup Life as well, which is another podcast. Um, right. Had a couple episodes on that. Um, okay. It's something that will, might come back up. But I was going to ask you yeah. if you're going to get back into podcasting. Yeah, definitely. It's Again, it's one of those things where there's so many different things to yeah. take care of. Um, and I'm just kind of building up the infrastructure and the resources and the team to kind of start to be doing uh, like, yeah, things a little bit better and hopefully yeah. a little bit more sanely. Exactly. Uh, that's kind of my goal. I think I've had three years of like pure insanity that oh, yes. I'm starting to be like, okay, that was fun. Yeah. Let's, let's not kill me today. <laughs> um, but yeah. but it oh, inevitably yeah. still end up like sleeping in the office and like working 18 hour days at times. But it happens. But you go to the spa sometimes. I do. Oh, you man. Said? Yeah, oh, yeah. You, yeah. That's, a, that's oh. a good balance. Yeah. yeah and I've started actually uh, started seeing a personal trainer. Nice. Um, so it's one of those things where I've started. It's been interesting because like, I've started to uh, have these conversations with people where it's like um, no longer like. At times, I just felt like I was crazy yeah. for like the pace of life that I uh -huh. lead, lead, or lead. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a point where now uh, everyone's like, "Are you content with that?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. I'm like, "Just keep." They're like, "Just keep doing that." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, awesome." And then it's like, "How do I do that in like a sane way? And yeah. how do I keep it so it's something that is is manageable?" Mm -hmm. So it's like, "Okay, t like eat good food." Like yeah. exercise when you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also delegate those responsibilities because delegate, like that's it. Um, yeah. I'm, that that was like, I, I had my first session with the personal trainer, and um, I was so glad because like I could just go on autopilot for an yeah. hour, and I'm like you're you're now working me like I'm happy to hit those metrics that's and the it. goals. Please, you you tell me what I need to do, and I and then that will take care of me. Exactly. Um, no, yeah. I'm the same. You know, mm -hmm. I go full on with my work, but yet I go out to coffee shops, yeah. go out to comedy. You know, yeah. all these things that I like. A lot of people tell mm -hmm. me, "Oh my God, you go out so much," but yeah. I don't feel that I do. I think it's just mm -hmm. balancing out the 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 work yeah. life, and uh, no, I think well, it's necessary. Yeah, I've been I've been having this debate lately where it's like. I, I I think I really dislike like this idea of life and work being like different parts. Yeah. Um, I very much am just trying to live. Yeah. Uh, whereas like both are just a part of my day to day, and yeah. Um, yeah, I don't try to set them like they're not they're not different. They're not yeah. an opposite or like yeah, they're not contradictory. Like they're just both the same thing. I totally agree. Um, I mean, I think yeah. one feeds the other and I think exactly. it's, it's definitely uh, necessary. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Certainly when I go to comedy, it feeds all what I do with, you know, writing <sighs> comics or even in my videos or whatever. I think yeah. it, all, it all works together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so thank much. You. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you for having yeah. me on. We'll see everybody the next time. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Stories of Starting. If you would like to inspire others with your story, big or small, be sure to reach out via storiesofstarting.com. Until next time, always remember, your story matters.